Hey, one quick thing before we get started. I just want to remind you that this podcast is for information, education, and entertainment. It is not a substitute for therapy or therapeutic intervention. If you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or contact a crisis hotline. everyone it's LaShonda from Labors of Love and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast welcome back well I guess I should say we're back (laughs) we have taken a break a two-month break and on the first episode back of what we are officially calling season two I wanted to just come on and say hello catch you up on things that have been going on in my life and just talk a little bit about what we're hoping season two will hold. So uh, I'll just start by saying, man, I needed that break. (laughs) You know, sometimes I think we go through life and we're doing, you know, a lot of us are doers and we can get on autopilot. Um, We have perfected maneuvering without a lot of mindful thought about what we're doing on a regular basis. And I think that happens even for people who may practice mindfulness occasionally. Um, But really mindfulness is a lifestyle, one that I definitely have not mastered. So um, I was cruising along and I was doing all the things, Um, you know, running the practice and seeing clients and doing trainings and developing my business and doing all those things and doing the podcast. And um, I hadn't intended to take a break. It just kind of happened. I don't remember. um, There were just like a series of things, like a few weeks um, where like we might have had a guest who had to cancel for a particular reason. And earlier in our podcasting, we would have um, some in the queue, you know, we would have recorded some podcasts. So if anything happened, you know, we had some that were, we were weeks ahead of time. And if ever need be, I could drop a solo cast and we were always up on it. But for whatever reason, I honestly don't remember. We had a couple of guests who needed to reschedule or postpone or cancel. And then it was just like, I don't feel like it today. And, you know, my producer, who is my husband, was kind of like, then don't. And sometimes we just need that person in our life who is going to just be simply reasonable. (laughs) And for me, that is Jay, then don't. And it was, I think, the permission I needed, really the permission that I could have always given myself, but I just, I didn't know how to do that, then don't. And so the then don't turned into not a laziness, not a, uh, not apathy. I love podcasting, you all. You know, I've said many times that I think if I just did therapy, I would not be satisfied. I think if I just did training, I would not be satisfied. But I love podcasting. I feel like it's something that if I only did it, I would, I could be satisfied. So it's not that I grew 
dissatisfied with it, I just realized I needed a break. And so the then don't turned into, you know what, I think I need to be intentional about taking some time away. And what interestingly happened was maybe, because, uh, you know, the first week that I didn't, um, I didn't record, we didn't put one out, but I felt uh, maybe guilty is the right word. I'm like, but, you know, we didn't even post anything to say we weren't going to do it. And so I think we did, like, we dropped a, a throwback, you know, like, hey, tune in to some podcasts, you know, episodes that you may have missed, or we highlighted a few, but there was a part of me that was like, I haven't told anyone, you know, we didn't officially say we were taking a break. And it got to a point where I had to realize that can get some of us so stuck that our body, our mind, our spirit is communicating to us that we need to slow down. We need to pause. We need to rest. And our our instinct is to think about everyone else. Well, I didn't tell them or what will they think or just all of these things. And it had to get to a point where it's like, they gonna be okay. So I hope y'all were okay. <laughs> I really appreciate how many faithful listeners we have to the podcast. And what I did notice watching the numbers over the last two months is that people are still listening I don't know if it's some people who are going back and listening to episodes that they really liked and had heard before. I think it gave some people an opportunity to catch up. Maybe they hadn't heard all of um, the previous episodes. But what I will say is even though we temporarily paused producing new episodes, people kept listening. And that just means so much to me. So I want to say thank you for that. And I really just want to talk a little bit about the year that's been 2021. We are in, you know, this is fourth quarter. This is the fall. We are really coming to a space where like this year is almost over, which feels on one hand crazy. Like how can 2021 almost be over when I still feel like I'm still trying to process things that happened in 2019? And at the same time, it feels like we've been in this interesting time loop for like years. So what was only last year feels like it was like three or four years ago. Um, but just want to talk about what 2021 has been thus far for me and some of the lessons I've learned that I would like to share. And then, like I said, talk about what I hope season two of the Labors of Love podcast will be. So with that, I'll start with how the year started off for me. Uh, In in the beginning of the year, like many years since I've been in business and had my practice, somewhere around October of a year, I began looking at my calendar for the next year. And what I'm really looking at is what time am I going to take off? And I try to get those things on the calendar first. Uh, Being very intentional with, you know, are we going to take family time off and, you know, what's that going to look like? And then it's this process of saying, okay, what, what's going to happen next year? What am I, what are my plans? What are my budget goals, my time budget, my financial budget and all that stuff. And it really puts me in this space that vacillates somewhere between excitement and encouragement and, um, overwhelmed and anxious. 
<laughs> so I go back and forth between on that spectrum because I get excited about possibility that lies ahead. Then I get anxious about how to make it all happen. So 2020 was not very different in that regard of my looking at my calendar, though 2020 was a little different because we were in the middle of a pandemic. And so what 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 the future would look like was, you know, who knew? Like everything was, we were in such unprecedented times. So there was a a reality that hit me as I was planning 2021's calendar that we have no idea what things are going to look like in the future. So that made the plans more tentative. And I I I reflect on how in some ways life has always been that way. But we, we people, we really do create this, um, I believe, false sense of, um, I don't know, like we know what's going to happen. And I, I, I want to say, I don't think there's anything wrong with having plans and uh, being intentional. But I will say that for me, what was framed as intentional or what I could have said using the word intentional was really me trying to play orchestrator of the future. So keep that in mind as I fin- as I continue to tell my story. So when we, um, for my 2021 calendar, I took off the last week of December in the first two weeks of January. And I was working with my website developer, um, who her name is Sierra, and she does an amazing job. Sierra Cruder uh, needs somebody to um, she's a creative, um, and she also does website stuff. And so SierraCruder.com, if you're looking for somebody to really, um, give you some spectacular web stuff. So, um, her and I have been in communication and we began to update my website. And, um, I knew some elements of the website that I wanted to revamp. Uh, she had, done the previous iteration of my website, which I love, which is still what you see, which is part of my story. Um, And I just, you know, I had started working in this uh, cohort um, where we were just looking at different aspects of our business. And as I was looking at my website, um, I saw some elements I want to change. So I gave that information to Sierra and Sierra made those changes really quickly. So by the first week of January, my website was updated on the back end. All it was waiting for was for me to come in and write the copy, for me to put in uh, what wording I wanted to use for the services I provided. I wanted to clean up services, um, specifically what what am I doing, right? And that's what the first two weeks of January were for. Well, we got to the first two weeks of January and I hit this spiritual journey that I didn't even know I was entering. That spiritual journey began as slow down. What? <laughs> what do you mean slow down, right? I I heard it. I, I heard it. I heard it in my spirit. I heard it intuitively. Slow down. And so I'm like, okay, I'll slow down. I I can't tell you the things specifically that I was doing, but I think I started to try to do things or not do things and slow down. And I don't 
really know if I was being successful. My life was the same. Pretty much my calendar was pretty full. But I felt like I was slowing down maybe. Then, well, even before the next part. So somewhere, and this lasted for a little bit, slow down. So January, those first two weeks of January, those that's when I was supposed to be getting all this done, right? I had cleared my calendar to do all these things. I had also... Um, made a decision at the end of 2020 that in the year 2021, my book would be complete. Uh, This is on record somewhere. I've said it on at least one of the podcasts, 2021, this book is coming out and I was dedicated to writing this book and I was writing every day. That was the goal, write every day. I had started talking to Um, A couple of people I knew who had published books and I was trying to learn as much as I can, I could about it. Um, This book was coming out slow down. It's like, well, there was this tension within me. How do I slow down when all of these goals that I've set for myself require me to be diligent? So maybe I be diligent slowly. It was a very confusing time for me. Somewhere, I think around March, um, I began uh, seeing someone for spiritual direction. And I remember our first session together, I was talking about this journey, slow down. And the way that I conceptualized it was being stuck in traffic. And in my mind, it was that um, the impatient traffic person. So I guess I'm not, I didn't view myself as a person who spent a lot of time in places like New York, or LA, or Atlanta, where traffic is just part of the routine. And in this conceptualization of my journey, I was more like a person who grew up where I did, like in Michigan, where traffic <laughs> flows freely. And even here in Ohio, like, we don't know real traffic. And so all of a sudden I'm hit with this traffic jam and I'm stuck. I I felt stuck. I felt like I should be moving. My exit's ahead. I can almost see the exit. Like I know the direction I'm going in, but I can't get there. So I'm trying to maneuver and maybe get into this lane and drive up a little further and get back in this lane. And during that first session of spiritual direction, I believe the question she just posed to me is, well, what if you, (laughs) what if you just sat in the traffic? Huh. What if, what if I wasn't stuck in traffic? What if I was just in traffic? What if I assumed the posture of a person who recognized that they were in a present state of being that did not allow for forward movement at the time, but I wasn't stuck. And so it it became this very um, transformative way to look at it. Well, over time in the beginning, you know, kind of in this first part of the year, this first quarter of the year, slow down became be still. I'm like, okay, wait, (laughs) I'm just getting to the point where slowing down is not making me wig out that I'm not 
getting super anxious that I'm, I'm kind of being okay with slow down. And all of a sudden it was be still and be still probably took me months <laughs> to, to comprehend, to sit with. And the interesting thing about it is I was still working. You know, I was still uh, seeing clients. Things had slowed down. Um, but I was still doing things. And I, I didn't interpret um, be still as in don't work. But there were so many things that I was doing. It, my mind was forever going. What, what's next? What's next? How do I produce? What do I have to do? Okay, this is the, like, how do I, how do I just keep it going? And what I began to realize, or mm, maybe I didn't realize it then, what I can realize now looking in hindsight is I had in many ways aligned myself with people And I don't mean this in a negative way. I mean this as neutrally and objectively as possible. I had aligned myself with a lot of people whose mm, values and goals at the time were the very opposite of what I knew that spiritually I was being told to do. It was the opposite. So what I mean by that is I was aligned with a lot of people who were in a, a state of go, 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 go get it, produce it, make it, make it happen, figure it out. What's the plan? What's the 10 year, what's the 10 year vision? So you can make the five year plan so you can walk it backwards. And then what's the next step? What's the next step? Go. And again, I want to say that as neutrally as possible with no value judgment towards it. It's just where various people were in their lives. And it was challenging because I knew, I wasn't confused about what I was hearing. I heard slow down and I heard be still. And, but I'm, I had surrounded myself in many ways with people whose, their life was contrary to that at the moment. And so I want to pause there and say, I feel like that's for somebody. We don't have to create villains and heroes. Um, good or bad, right or wrong, but how many times in our lives are we aligned with people who in that moment, their values and goals are misaligned with ours? And if you find yourself in that space, it can create this tension or this, um, oh, no, dichotomy is not the word I'm looking for. Um, Yeah, it can just Paradox, I think is the word I'm looking for. It can create this, it can just create this space where you were once in that, I was in that place. I was in that creation space and move and do all of this stuff. And, and it's like, I'm, I, I find value in some of the things that they were doing and saying, but ultimately what I had to do is I had to step back, not from them as people, but I had to get to a place where I'm like, okay. The journey I'm on right now is a solo journey, right? And that's a big thing for me. I historically have been a person that um, if I'm on a a journey, I want to bring someone with me. I was actually just saying this uh, to someone when we were talking about my family dynamic. My son is often, he expresses in his own words, feeling like the fifth wheel. You know, his sisters have each other. They're twins. Uh, dad and I have each other. 
And he kind of sometimes feels like this odd person out. And growing up, I grew up as an only child. So I understand that feeling, what it was like for me. We go on a family vacation and then we often don't go somewhere where there are other people my age. And so I'm always just felt like this odd person out. And I was saying how growing up when I was allowed to bring a friend on a particular trip or journey, how that made it more pleasant for me because then I had I had a person and I didn't have to figure out how to navigate an adult world when I wasn't an adult and I had someone to play with or talk with or be with. And I think that's a theme that I carry throughout life, that I was always trying to bring people on the journey with me, so much so that when I commuted a lot, I was always on the phone. So I get in the car and I'm getting ready to go to whatever destination. If I have more than a 15 minute ride, you know, I'm like, okay, well, who can I call? And in some ways it's convenient. You don't talk to a lot of people. So when you're in a car and you can, you know, have that time to do that, but I began to realize that I was just, I was automatically like, I couldn't take the journey alone. So I had to teach myself, you're not calling anyone. Be mindful. Sometimes I listen to music and, and, you know, just have a good time myself. But sometimes I made myself just actually pay attention to what I was doing. I'm not a mindful driver. I get in the car, I turn it on, and then I get to my destination. And sometimes I can't tell you any details about the trip. So I had to teach myself how to slow down. And what color are the leaves? Are there any leaves? What, what, what noises do I hear? Can I feel the vibration of the car underneath my feet? What does it feel like to have my back against the back of my seat? How does the steering wheel shake and rumble when I hold it, if at all? Mindful driving. So anyway, bringing people along for the journey has been a thing in my life for a really long time. And what I've learned this year is that sometimes I have to journey alone. Uh, and so be still. Be still has been one of the hardest things I think I've done professionally. This feels this part, it, it is a personal journey. It's very spiritual, but I think so much of the emphasis of this part of my spiritual journey has specifically been professional. And be still just simply meant don't try to make anything happen. Just be. I'm a healer. I'm a translator. I'm, I'm all those things. What is it like to be those things without all of the other stuff that I was throwing in there? And yeah, I don't even know if I'm articulating it well enough. But um, so by the time I got to the summer, when I stopped doing the podcast episodes, um, I had gotten to a point where I was like, be still be still. And so I've been still. And I think what that just means is I haven't been trying to produce. I haven't been trying to make things happen. I have not written. Um, When be still turned, I'm sorry, when slow down turned to be still, I was instructed no more writing. And it almost, it hurt me so bad. And one of the first thoughts wasn't even, oh, I got to get this story out. It was like, but I said, I made the declaration this book would be coming out this year. And one thing that I would always say about myself is if Shonda says she's going to do it, she's going to do it. It might be delayed, but she is going to do it. That tenacity, that go, that against all odds, I am she who overcomes, that that's me. And it was the mentality um, that carried me through so much of my life, so much of my trauma. Here's the thing. I was still in survival mode. 
that's why I needed to be still. I learned, I had, I, mm, I've mastered survival. I really have in so many ways. And when those of us who have been in survival mode for so much of our lives learn to master survival, we begin to convince ourselves that even when things are going well and we have these things going on that we we think we've settled, but we haven't. We've just masked our survival in something else. And so I was so busy surviving. And for me, survival um, meant not just a hypervigilance, but it was always prepping for the future. When the other shoe drops, it doesn't matter because I got another pair waiting for me. Oh, that's not going to work out. That's okay because I got this. Oh, that fell through. That's okay because I got 10 irons in the fire and I'm going to go and I'm going to produce. And if that doesn't work and um, I'm going to pursue and I'm going to pursue and I'm going to pursue and I'm going to attack and I'm going to get it. And one of, I think, the reasons that this um, this mentality and this lifestyle that I was living didn't it wasn't as aware, I wasn't as aware of it, it's because it's rewarded. I was constantly rewarded as a Black woman for all of my strength and all of my tenacity and all of those things. I was in survival mode. So when I began to be still, now I will tell you that one um, of the experiences that I've been having during this year that has helped me not just be still, but really move into being, really move into the space that I'm in right now is I began a nine month uh, training as a clinician uh, with uh, Resma Minicum and a team of people called Somatic Abolitionism. And throughout this training of somatic abolitionism, really, really, really sitting with myself, being embodied and recognizing the embodiment of my historical and intergenerational and personal trauma, but even far more important than that, resilience. To sit with my ancestral resilience, to note and be embodied by just the being that I am has been one of the most powerful experiences that I've ever had in my life. And so to be able to slow my life down enough and be still enough to say, Shonda, you're safe. Shonda, you're okay. To help my littles begin to experience the felt sense of safety that I was helping them feel by being still. Now, don't get me wrong. I walk outside the door my mostly white community, I go to different places and I, my body is aware of the lack of safety that exists for me in general as a fat body, fat bodied black woman. Um, I told y'all about my trip to New Orleans. Um, 
that's real. So my body is like, yeah, 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 I hear all that. But did you think that was going to happen in 2021? We are not safe. So to to honor the realities of living life in the body that I do, while also helping my body to understand that we don't have to get rid of our ways that we have survived, but they do not have to be our primary go-to way of existing every day has been a journey, but y'all, it's been a journey worth taking. And so I'm still on the journey. I don't know how the journey ends. I don't know when the journey ends. I know that I am recording this and this is the beginning of the next phase. I don't know what it's called. I know that slow down went to be still and I am uh, transitioning out of be still into whatever is next. And once it has a title, (laughs) I will let y'all know. But I wanted to share that because if I wasn't willing to be still, but really be with myself and do dig into spiritual practice, keep in mind, I didn't do any of this alone. I see a therapist as a client. I see someone for spiritual direction. I have cons- I uh, have consultation. Um, so I have a lot of people that I trust that I am sitting in this space with. I am not over here trying to pretend that, you know, I figured it all out by myself. Mm-mm. And, and, and I, that's not a, that's nothing wrong with that. Like I, I needed people to help me and I have people who help me. And so I'm really grateful that I was a, that I was willing to explore my life from this place. Somebody listening to this, and it doesn't matter when you listen to it, it will be relevant. Somebody feels stuck. Somebody feels like they should be, they ought to, they must. And maybe, just maybe, you should be still. Just maybe, it's time to slow down. Taking the opportunity to view where you are in your life from a widened perspective can be huge. One of the, I think, turning points for me, and this has been more recently within the last couple of months, it was through, you know, doing the somatic abolitionism. And part of our training is we have triads. Um, So I am partnered with two other beautiful women, my triad sisters, and we meet at least monthly, but sometimes more. And we go through our somatic abolitionism exercises um, then we talk and we process and we share. Um, and I hit this revelation that emerged from kind of our large group training. And then we took it into our triad to metabolize it and, and work through. And it's that as a Black woman, historically and ancestrally, my, my ancestors' bodies, especially Black women, were used for production productivity, breeding. So this, this, I don't know, this innate 
sense that arises in me that I got to do, 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 go, 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 no rest, sacrifice and figure it all out and do it. And it gets rewarded. It gets rewarded and you got to go, go, go. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. No, 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 no. That, no, I don't have to carry that. When I don't rest, when I don't take care of myself, it is a slap in the face to those who came before me who didn't even have that choice. And so once I realized that and I began to rest, I also realized that even in my work, um, and by work, I'm not talking about my therapy now, I'm talking about my my healing work that I do co- for collectives through training, through workshops, through consultation. There are a lot of organizations that wanted me to mammy their organization. They didn't use those words, but that's what they wanted. They wanted me to come in and they wanted to take from me. They wanted to take and take and take and take and take and take. And they wanted me to give with a smile. And in some cases wanted to pay me very little or, but rather the payment aside, it it was an expectation. And there became a point in time where I stood up very firm in my being and said, no, I give to whom I wish to give. People don't get to just take from me because they want what I have. And the thing is, I have a lot. I have wisdom. I have um, strength. I have healing. I have all of these things. And yeah, people want it. But I get to choose to whom and how I give. And that's been a very, very empowering stance for me. This this work that I'm, this inner work that I'm doing also coincides with this journey that I've been on for a very long time. And it's a journey that I that I characterize in my mind from scarcity to abundance. And I've been traveling this journey for a while. I realized how stuck in scarcity I was. Um, and then I moved to sufficiency. And I got to a point where I said, it's sufficient. Like I have enough. There is enough. And I have now moved beyond sufficiency and I am on this journey towards abundance. And that comes in many different areas of life. It's not just money and materials, but it's my time. It's my gift. And so as I've come to this point where I realize that I will no longer allow people to just take and take and take, no matter who they are, organizations, businesses, family, friends, period. When I was, when I resigned that I was no longer going to wet nurse everyone around me and take of my resources and leave me depleted, what it also did was it made me realize that when I become selective, that will directly impact in some ways kind of money, for example, and time. So before, if I would just kind of take a gig because someone had reached out, but now I'm saying, no, first we have to evaluate your commitment to trans, to, to cultural trans, uh, transformation before I'll even consider working with you. People can inquire all day, but there are not a lot of people who want to do the work that I'm trying to do. And if I had still been in scarcity, that might have been very scary. But I'm not in scarcity. I'm in abundance. <laughs> and so, no, my calendar does not look like my calendar has looked in years past. And that's okay. It's not full to the brim. 
no, I got space. I got openings because I'm being very selective with whom I give. And I have such a piece about that, that it is crazy. It's a piece that surpasses understanding. I'm cool. I know that I am readying my vessel. I am readying my business. I'm readying my calendar for what is next. That will be a great fit. That will be something big, bigger than I've ever worked. Not because of quantity, but because of the depth and quality of work that I'm able, that I'm going to be able to do. And so I'm excited about that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I, I've never had this much peace in my life. And I want to say that it's not because of what's going on around me, because there's some awesome things going on around me. But this piece is not because of external things. This is a piece that's coming from within me. I feel so peaceful. I have moments where um, a little anxiousness might come up or maybe fear might come up because I'm human. And it's also not about making those go away, but I'm able to be open enough because I'm being still to listen to the communication of those things and listen and lean in with curiosity and compassion. I feel amazing, you all. Amazing. So much of um, my, my personal work and my work as a clinician, I think, thus far, has been centered on trauma. Um, I am a trauma specialist. I'm a trauma specializing therapist and consultant. But what I realized is I am now a resilience-focused clinician. Trauma's there. And remember, trauma isn't an event or a set of events, but it is the worldviews, the belief pattern, the behavioral patterns and the worldviews that we develop as a result of those events. But what I found is when I search for the resilience that I have, recognize it, when I Search and recognize the resilience that other people have. We're going to work through the trauma pieces, but man, sometimes we get so caught up talking about the trauma that we lose the things, the resilience, the brilliance, the depth of so many good things. And so that is my focus. That's what I want season two to be about. I want to talk about our strengths and how we self-tend how we care for ourselves in so many different ways. Um, Yeah, that's what I want to talk about, y'all. So this season of the Labors of Love podcast, we are going to still be talking to guests about their labors of love, but we also are going to be learning how are people nurturing their gifts? How are they cultivating their labors of love? How are they taking care of themselves, their bodies, their minds, their spirits, you know, all of those different things. And I am really excited about that. Um, And yeah, I have some good guests lined up and I am going to be doing um, a lot more talking about ways I've learned to care for myself. Um, I want to be encouraging. I have openly shared about my trauma and I will continue to do that because I know that sometimes the things we've been through is so stigmatized 
people don't talk about it. So many people think they're going through it alone and you're not. And I will continue to do that. But I have decided and resigned that I am going to openly talk about how awesome life, my life is, how how my resilience is manifesting and all of the good things that are happening because that too is encouragement for people. So with that said, I do want to share a few awesome things um, that have been happening um, in my life. And uh, one of them is uh, my husband and I just celebrated our sixth wedding anniversary. And, And we celebrated in Mexico, in Cancun. And it was amazing. It was amazing. We were in Cancun for six days. Um, and y'all, it was great. <laughs> no children, love my kids, but it wasn't even just mine. We were in an adult only resort. Um, and we just got to be with each other and love on each other. And when I tell y'all, like we had the, the master suite ocean front room with the private pool. Yeah. All that. And it was amazing. No hands on our time. No one needing anything from us. No one requiring anything of us. As a matter of fact, tons of people saying, what can I do for you? What do you need? And learning to go, yes, I will allow you to care for me. That is a big, big, big deal for those of us who have been anti-dependent uh, in the past. And so I did. I love. I let those people love on me. I let them support me. I let them take care of me. And it was fantastic. Um, and I, I have shared, you know, I did a podcast before with a good friend, a friend cast, uh, with my friend, Eric, who's my realtor, you know, last October, we began the process into September, October, we began the process of building a home. Our home was completed in April. We moved in, in May and, um, I started, we started working with an interior designer. Her name is Stephanie Beverly from 1215 Design Studio, uh, here in Cincinnati, Ohio. And, um, yeah, we don't, we are all about paying people to do what they do. And what we don't do is interior design. And so, um, we began working with Stephanie, who is amazing. She's going to be a guest on the podcast. I cannot wait for you all to meet her. Um, she, yeah, she's amazing and has now become a a good friend and she's part of our family. Listen, interior design is a very intimate process can be. Anyway, especially since she came in to do our entire home, okay? Uh, We're talking about 3,600 square feet that she was going to design. And um, she finished the vast majority of it. So we had our big reveal uh, this past Sunday. And when I tell y'all, I'm still reeling. Um, I'm still overwhelmed with gratitude I walk around this house and I just look in all the rooms and I marvel that I get to live here. Um, And it's amazing, amazing, amazing. So she's going to be on the podcast and we can talk details about what the process was like, but also adding how we take care of ourselves during the process. But we left, excuse me, we left our home. um, When my, when Jay and I left to go to Mexico, we left. And then when we came back from Mexico, we didn't actually return to our home. We stayed away. 
so that she could have all the time she needed to kind of get the whole house together. And it was HGTV style, but better because even on the shows I love, it's almost never the full house. They might do a room or the first floor or the main bedroom. But when I say there was not an area of my house that she did not design and touch, that's what I mean. So it was amazing. And that, what a blessing. I live in a palace. <laughs> And I'm really excited about that. Um, being able to share these good things. Um, growing up, I didn't really have anyone. I was always told I needed to be humble, but no one ever told me what that was or what that meant or how to do that. So I've had a lot of false humility all my life. And how that manifests sometimes is I'm going to ask you how you're doing, hoping that you'll ask me how I'm doing. I'm going to compliment something about you, hoping that you notice something about me and compliment me. Um, I don't talk about accomplishments or something. I mean, I want to. So maybe I'll allude to it or I hope someone else mentions it. Instead, I'm learning to be like, yay me. This is what's going on in my life. And I hope you're happy with me. Um, and again, did you hear that? Not happy for me, happy with me. Like share in the joy with me. And what I found is that there are some people who are so excited about our home journey and they are as excited as we are. And they're so just, oh my God, overwhelmingly supportive. And there are some people who are kind of like, mm. my mother said to me, be prepared. Some people might be jealous. And I thought, no, not really. But the reality is, yeah. It's true. Now, I'm not spending too much time on that because that, that has more to do with them than it does with me. But I will say that it feels really good to have people celebrate with me. Just be happy with me. Um, that feels really good. And to those who don't have capacity to do that or for whatever reason, I'm not mad. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. I just refocus and realize that there are people who are happy with me. And so to those of you... Um, who are happy with me, that I am rested, rejuvenated, that I am happy, that I have joy, that there is a peace in my life that I can't even articulate, that the labors of love that I have poured myself into have manifested into some amazing, amazing vacations and family time and homes. Thank you. For those who are excited about season two of the Labors of Love podcast, thank you. We are too. So I just wanted to come back and say we are back. I have missed you all. That might sound funny because um, I'm talking. I don't get to hear from you, but do know that people do reach out to me. Um, based on the podcast, I am engaging with people. So the invitation is always open. I love to hear from you. Um Part of the false humility is like, well, it's out there. People do it. Yeah, it's out there. But I want to know, are you listening? Is it impacting you? Um, because I know that this is part of my assignment. I'm going to do this. But I also want you to know that I want to hear your thoughts. And if I or the podcast or my work is impactful to your life, please believe I would love to hear that. It helps give me some of the fuel to continue to go and utilize effectively the gifts and talents I've nurtured and I've been given. 
So with that, y'all, I just want to say that um, I'm so excited for this season. I'm excited about life and I can't wait to continue to share it with you. So in closing, I just want to say thank you again to everyone who continued to listen to the podcast and who's listening now. I want to give a special shout out to my nephew, Trey Angel, who provides all of the music for the Labors of Love podcast. And of course, my producer, Jay Sugg from Instant Classic Media. Do not forget that we are on all the major social media outlets. Go in, interact with us, engage with us. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. And not only only do we have our labors of love page on Instagram, but we have the LOL pod, the underscore LOL underscore pod. And we have our YouTube channel where every Thursday we have our therapy Thursday videos that will start again this week. You all until we connect again, be well.